0: Hi, and welcome back to Voices of Chandler, the podcast. We're coming back to you after a short seven-month hiatus, and I think it's only right to explain why. I haven't talked about this before, but as you know, or might not know, if you're listening for the first time, I'm your host, Melina Suniga, and this podcast is brought to you entirely by City of Chandler employees. We have contributors from different city departments that contribute segments to this podcast, And I mesh them together to bring you these episodes. A lot of the original contributors that you might have heard in season one or season two have either shifted roles and responsibilities, transferred departments, or moved and have obviously left the city. With that, you'll be hearing new voices, which means new community stories. With that, we'll jump right in. This episode is an unapologetically diverse takeover with Adriana Tusik Erickson from Chandler's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Division and the reign of Miss Juneteenth, Chandrea Norman.
1: Juneteenth is an important day in our history as it marks the day when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state and ensure that all enslaved people were finally freed. However, the troops arrival came a full two and a half years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. This year, for the first time ever, the city of Chandler will be observing Juneteenth as an official paid city holiday. We thought that this was a great time to learn more about Miss Juneteenth and the important day that she represents. Hi, Shandrea. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. I am so grateful to have you here today. You and I have worked together at a few different events over the past year, and we were fortunate to have you serve as our MC for our Dr. MLK Jr. Award Ceremony in January. And you were also at our Multicultural Festival as well. We really appreciate all your efforts and thank you so much for being here today. So I wanna talk about your role as Miss Juneteenth. I see um, as you sit across from me, you have your beautiful crown and your sash. And I want to know if you could kind of talk about how you first learned about the Miss Juneteenth program and why you decided to participate.
2: I first learned about the Miss Juneteenth program, I believe, through Instagram. I was just scrolling one day and I had saw that a Miss Juneteenth pageant popped up and I thought, why not join it? Um, My passion for pageantry stems from toddlers and tiaras as a little kid. Um, growing up in California, which is a big pageant state, I was already early exposed to the world of pageantry, really glitz and glam pageants rather than natural beauty pageants or black beauty pageants. I know I can recall a day where I took some mail and I typed in the address and phone numbers and my mom got a call from Gold Coast Pageants. She was like, Who's, why is Gold Coast Pageants calling me? But um, that's where the, the love from pageantry and the glitz and glamor of pageantry
1: in itself came from. Tell me about the process of going through the Miss Juneteenth pageant. Um, What did you have to do? What did you have to prepare for? And what are some challenges that you saw stepping into this role?
2: Stepping into the role of even vying to be a Miss Juneteenth, I only had about two to three weeks to prepare for the pageant, just as the rest of the contestants did. Um, It was a very short amount of time whereas other queens are given months in advance to prepare themselves for the pageant. But I think even with the two to three week mark that we had, I think it all came together very beautifully. We practiced walking, talking, pageant stances, questions even for the interview process, um, which was all in front of the crowd. There was no private interview portion of the pageant. But for the most part, I'd say it was pretty easy. It was a very welcoming experience for everybody even if you didn't know the skills even if you didn't know how to walk or talk or have the poise that a pageant queen would they really help you or my coach Shaquan I will say helped me and all the contestants really tap into that pageant queen aura and it really sticks with you whether you win or not it's just a very nice skill to have as a young woman blossoming into
1: the world I love that. So let me ask you, you had an appreciation and a desire to be in the pageantry world. But when you saw that it was a Miss Juneteenth pageant, did you know what Miss Juneteenth was?
2: I didn't recall any type of history or familiarity with Miss Juneteenth. I do know that I knew what Juneteenth was. Probably if you could ask me a year ago if Juneteenth was, I probably would not know what it was. But I do recall researching about Juneteenth when I was younger. Um, A history geek myself, um, I had sought out and saw that there was a holiday called Juneteenth, learned a bit about it, but after that, the memory kind of fades away after that. Um, It wasn't until I actually started to get prepared to do the Miss Juneteenth pageant out in Arizona that I got myself more familiar and more knowledgeable about what Juneteenth actually meant instead of the basic and standard definition of what Juneteenth means.
1: So now that you're, you know, you're almost done with your, um, with your reign, what are some things that you want to tell other contestants who are going to be vying for the role soon about Juneteenth, not about the pageantry, but actually about the day? Because it seems as though, um, you went into this with the idea of wanting to be in a pageant, but then the, the Juneteenth portion kind of came afterwards.
2: What I would tell the contestants, um, which I have met the cohort, they're very, uh They're so talented and they're so sweet and they're coming out of their shell a little bit more. Um, I went to their second practice. They're just so beautiful. I'm so excited to see them and their path with the pageantry. But what I will say to them and to anybody that is even looking at the history of Juneteenth is that the history of Juneteenth is complex because the history of slavery is complex in itself. The history of America is complex in itself. And so when you're blending all these facts and like I said, as a history geek myself, I could always tie in every little bit of detail to get to the bottom of what Juneteenth actually means and how Juneteenth actually came about. I'd say always research your history, especially African-American history. We have a very, very long history in the United States. And so when you look at the history of African-Americans in the United States and you look at the history of Juneteenth, you start to realize how much more complex slavery and how much more complex Juneteenth in itself was. There wasn't just a day of June 19th, 1865, and all of a sudden everybody was free because that wasn't the case either. Um, Even the 13th Amendment, when that got ratified and everybody's free, that wasn't the case because you had to have Juneteenth come, and even still with the 13th, amendment, you still have the Civil War. but so I would say always tap into knowing who you are, knowing where you come from, mm. um, knowing where you stem from and your roots.
1: I love that. And I just see, sitting across from you, just your passion for not only your role as Miss Juneteenth, but really for the rich history that you are a part of. So I know that part of your role as Miss Juneteenth is helping educate and spread awareness of the history of the holiday. So I can you tell us a little more about the history of Juneteenth and the impact of the 13th Amendment and that day in 1865?
2: The history of Juneteenth
1: itself is obviously
2: going to stem from the Civil War, um, a war between the whole country in itself, but with different states. A lot of states started succeeded from the Union or the country in itself, which basically means that they wanted to create their own country with their own states and have their own laws for their own slaves and how they perceived slavery to be in their eyes rather than the union's eyes who were fighting against the slavery like i had said previously it's a very complex history you kind of have to get down to the nitty-gritty of slavery itself before you get into the civil war why are we even fighting in the first place what does this mean for the nation and then what does it mean for the 13th amendment but the 13th amendment essentially was supposed to ratify slavery all over however some states who did succeed from the union, which was being Texas, where Juneteenth was founded at and happened, did not let off of that 13th amendment. And it's crazy to even say that Mississippi had ratified the 13th amendment 2013. And that's very recent. That's very recent. As much as it may seem about 10 years ago, it's very recent for them to ratify it. Whereas other states have been ratified the thirteenth Amendment.
0: Chandria goes on to say that even though the Emancipation Proclamation was made effective in eighteen sixty three, freedom didn't come for enslaved people in Texas, the westernmost Confederate state, until june nineteenth, eighteen sixty five. Hence, juneteenth. And although history states the army of Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas, to announce the end of slavery, Chandria tells a different story.
2: While many say they rode down in horses, um, a lot of people say that there were no horses. It was just an order that was put up on churches, specifically the AME church in Galveston where slaves saw and they read that they were free. Some people had stayed at their plantations because they didn't know if the Juneteenth order was actually the Juneteenth order, whether generals men came down or not. Um. So some did stay, some left, and they went to go find their families. And that's really about it Um, as far as the history of Juneteenth goes. Obviously, there's more to it because it's say, so complex and so long.
1: But, yeah, I yeah. was going to say, I think that we have to acknowledge the fact that we are given um, a very short amount of time to kind of discuss what Juneteenth is, but both of us being historians, we know that there is a much deeper trench that is called Juneteenth, and there's so much more history behind it. And so we're just trying, we're really just scratching the surface on what Juneteenth is, because it didn't just impact families, it impacted everything and everybody. And so I think that's important that we kind of talk the fact that we're just really skimming the surface on what Juneteenth is. Right. So let me ask you, so So Lincoln comes out and says Emancipation Proclamation, he, he does his proclamation, frees the slaves. What happens then?
2: Slaves still weren't free. The emancipation only affected certain states, which were the border states. So um, certain border states got their slaves free um, where it was outlawed and everybody was fine then. Even still, the emancipation did not affect all of the states, just the border states. So that's the difference, which is why you have the 13th Amendment, which is supposed to free slaves in all states. But of course, that didn't happen. And then you have Juneteenth, where it frees everybody, final, said and done, point blank,
1: period. So I know that, you know, uh, through just studying it, that they say that word never made it west, right? So Texas, they didn't know that there was the Emancipation Proclamation. So for, for two and a half years slaves continue to work. right? And so do you, through your study of Juneteenth, do you know is, is that what they think actually happened? Is that the word just never got to Texas or do you think there was an intentional um, avoidance to get the word to Texas?
2: I believe there was an avoidance, honestly. I do think that there was an avoidance. Slave owners in themselves are very knowledgeable, of course, Their slaves aren't going to be knowledgeable, they're not going to let their slaves have their own process and have their own thoughts. So I think it was intentional that they did not let the word of the Emancipation Proclamation come out, or even the 13th Amendment for that matter, because when you really think about it and even with the history of slavery, the reason why they had slaves was for labor, and probably even much more when you really look at the trajectory of slavery. As a matter of fact, I'm also reading a book called Beloved um, for my English class. It's a banned book, and it talks about the story of Margaret Garner, who unfortunately um, killed her own child because she thought that death was better than living the life as a slave. And they talk a great deal, which in the recent chapter I just read, about the dehumanization of slaves Mm. and how... Freedom is seen as different and it, it, it travels very different from the type of enslaved person. Some people are like, whoopee, like, I can't wait to be free where others are free. And they're like, well, I don't know how to feel about it. It's been so long. I don't know how to feel about it anymore. And so I think that previously, as I had just said, why a lot of people just stayed at their plantations because they don't know what's real or what's fake. because their owners are spreading out this information some owners weren't spreading out information they're not getting word directly from the government and i think that's why Juneteenth is also very big and very vital and important and it emphasizes a lot about what actually happened during slavery because nobody was getting word nobody had their own thought process nobody they were taught to not think for themselves others will think for you you don't have to learn this. You're not supposed to learn this because we'll it's tell not, you what yeah, you need to know. Right. It's not right. for you
1: to learn. We'll tell you
2: what you need to know. And so that's why I think a lot of times people get it misconstrued as you could have been free when really that's not the case. Because in many other ways that we don't openly talk about, but we know it's still there, a lot of these owners dehumanized and made out the enslaved to be creatures and animals so that they couldn't have their own thought process and eventually know the own word for themselves. That's why they stay behind. So yeah, most definitely, I think that slave owners intentionally did not make Juneteenth, the 13th Amendment, or the Emancipation Proclamation as wide known as it was
1: at the time. And I think it's important to also point out that even after, you know, in Galveston on that day when slaves were freed, there is um, documentation where the slaves basically said, We have nowhere to go. We don't know anything. And the option was, Well, then become an indentured slave. Right. right. So then they were excited and happy because now they were getting a place to stay and food to eat when actually that's still slavery. Right. And so they, their option was, Do you want to be a slave or do you want to be a freed slave? with the home and food, but in actuality, those are the same things. That you were just still going through. Yeah.
0: I want to read a quick excerpt from the New York Times magazine. It says, Enslaved people were seen not as people at all, but as commodities to be bought, sold, and exploited. The sale of the 20 and odd African people set the course of what would become slavery in the United States. Those 20 and odd African people were the first people to ever be sold on U.S. soil. On
1: June 19th, 1865, tell me what happened in Galveston, Texas. So
2: Gordon Granger's men had rode into Galveston, which is very, very pretty. I love Galveston. I want to go back so bad. They rode into Galveston. And as I had mentioned previously as well, there's a lot of Confusion on whether Gordon Granger and his troops actually rode in and told people or whether they just started posting flyers on church. The main place was the church, but there's a lot of confusion on whether they actually rode in or whether they rode in
1: just to paste um, the order on the wall. So there's a discrepancy if they rode in and announced it? Yes. Or if they just rode in and quietly posted it and then left? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. I think that the
2: church most definitely had a poster there. Um, it's one of the most famous churches in Galveston. And Texas has a lot of churches. But Galveston's church, um, the AME church, is very profound for the Juneteenth celebration. Was it a black church? Yes, it was. Okay. Um, so this is where all your slaves are coming and they're seeing, hey, we're actually free now. And we've been free for over two years. Wow. So, yeah, I'm not too sure. I think that most definitely the order was posted at the church because it's so historical and it's so symbolic, not just because it's a black church, but because that church has ties to Juneteenth in itself. It'd be cool if they wrote in. Like, I, I, mean, I think it's cool. I think they kind of fictionalized it as well. So I'm not too sure which one to believe.
1: So I guess my question is, is how did people in Texas or how did the government know that people in Texas didn't know that slaves were freed?
2: I'm honestly not too sure about that. Um, even when doing the history of Juneteenth, which I did a very, very elaborate study of Juneteenth for the National Miss Juneteenth pageant. I'm not too sure how the government even found out that slaves in Texas did not know that they were free. I think that even with the 13th Amendment, it kind of applied to certain states, just like the Emancipation Proclamation did. And Texas was one of those states where they most definitely did not succeed from the Union even after the Civil War was fought. Civil War is fought, we're trying to bring our country back together, but there's that one slave state that has not been brought back up to the union with the rest of the United States. And that was Texas for them. And they just I, I believe they just kind of knew like you're not you're not unifying with us anymore. The war is fought. The union has won. It's time for you to come back and let's all be one united nation. Texas wasn't budging and I think that's when it kind of hit them.
1: (laughs) So you had the opportunity to go to Galveston for the National Miss Juneteenth pageant. What was that experience like?
2: I enjoyed my experience. I will say it was chaotic. There were only two queens in my category. Um, I was included as well so three contestants and I ended up getting first runner-up and I'm perfectly fine with that. But I think that even with This studying and the practice that I got for the National Miss Juneteenth pageant made me a better queen out here as Miss Juneteenth of Arizona. I'd want to serve in my city before I serve for a national title. I love my city so much. It's my home away from home where I'm originally from California. Mm -hmm. And the first Miss Juneteenth of Arizona to compete on a national level was a blessing in itself. So Galveston... And the National Miss Juneteenth pageant, I still had a ball. Even if I had gotten the first runner-up, I'd most definitely
1: go back to Galveston. So let's talk about your deep dive into studying Juneteenth for the National Pageant. Is there a particular fact or story that really stands out to you as you were preparing um, for the Miss Juneteenth national pageant is there something that you learned or a story you read or something you heard that really just had a profound impact on you?
2: One thing that had a profound impact on me was Frederick Douglass. Personally did not read too much about Frederick Douglass in school. I knew he was an author and had something to do with slavery but I never got down to the nitty-gritty of what he actually did when really Frederick Douglass um, was really a way maker for the whole Juneteenth thing to even happen. Um, another story that I had read was about Mumbet, um, which was the first African-American slave to free herself in the state of Massachusetts. Um, and we would go over that, over that. I knew her name right when Dr. Cindy Vanton even put out the question. Mumbet, I know who she is. would did Mumbet do first African-American slave freed in the state of Massachusetts? So, yeah, Mumbet's story was most definitely a big one for me and also Frederick Douglass as well.
1: So it seems like with your um, position as Miss Juneteenth, there was a lot of people who supported you um, starting from when you participated, in the local pageant to the national pageant. Can you talk about some of those people and the impact that they've had on your, your life and your future plans?
2: Of course. So obviously my coach, Shaquan, I love Shaquan so much. Um, the city of Chandler, most definitely. Even sitting here in the city hall, um, I know I just feel the love and all the blessings that they have given me and even still continue to give me. I love them so much. Obviously, my organization that I'm also with for the Crown, South Chandler Self-Help, has been a tremendous support system. Um, my mom, my siblings, my family, my dress designer, Lamar Cole, um, Dr. Cindy Vanton, for sure.
1: I'm going over her house soon, I swear. We love working with yes, her. Yes, I we love. We do a lot of events with her. Yes. And, and she is a, a beautiful, powerful woman. Yes, I love her so much. You sound so, so appreciative of everyone's help and you're so gracious when you talk about everybody else. I just hope that they know how special you are and I'm sure that that they do. So let's talk about um, now that Juneteenth, it became a federal holiday in 2021 and Chandler is observing it for the first time as a paid city holiday. Um, Why do you think Juneteenth has gained so much attention and traction the past couple of years?
2: I think Juneteenth has gained a lot of attraction simply because of the fact that it became a federal holiday and it's so new to everybody, when really it's something that's been going on since 1865. Um, But I do think that it becoming a federal holiday has boosted their awareness in the United States as well. Another thing with Juneteenth is that we celebrate
1: very, very big Talk to me about which, that. How uh, so <laughs> how is Juneteenth celebrated? I'm glad you brought that up because it really is a celebration. Mm-hmm. So so tell me how Juneteenth is celebrated.
2: So Juneteenth is celebrated with very, very big an elaborate get togethers. It's kind of like a family reunion in itself, just with everybody. You may not know everybody, obviously, but it's where businesses collaborate. There's lots of food going around, there's lots of history be- being passed around. Obviously, Miss Juneteenth pageants are common in a lot of states, one of them being Texas because of the historical significance in Texas. Another state that's very big on Miss Juneteenth celebrations or Miss Juneteenth pageants and Juneteenth celebrations in itself is Florida, which kind of surprised me. They're very, very adamant and big on Juneteenth as well. But it's really like a big, Family reunion. Everybody gets together. We all have a good time. There's music, connections being made, networking happening. It's like an all in one big event to celebrate. Yes, it's so fun. I love it. Have you been to many Juneteenth celebrations? Right when I got crowned, I had duties the next day so i had about three juneteenth celebrations to go to in one day which i enjoyed i was a bit tired at the end of it but i really enjoyed all the juneteenth celebrations and even before i was crowned as miss juneteenth i did look back inside of my snapchat and the day it did become a federal holiday i did go out and celebrate with my family but i had no clue (laughs) that it was a federal holiday because it was just gaining its awareness and i think now it's gaining more awareness because of these big celebrations that we're having this history is being passed down more notable people are coming out and they're saying all this amazing stuff about the history of juneteenth and that's why i also think it's gaining more national attention than what it did before
1: so what do you hope people take away from the history of juneteenth like we discussed earlier it's so rich but what do you hope that people take away from the history of Juneteenth? Just to
2: know your history and know where you come from. Just know the rich history that you drive from and that where others drive from. It's so important to know where
1: everybody comes from as well. So as we we wrap up and we talk about it, what is your takeaway from being Miss Juneteenth for the last year?
2: My takeaway from being Miss Juneteenth in the last year, I can say that I'm a very ambitious person. Um, If I don't get it, it's perfectly fine because I'm going to go after it again. For example, I had recently tried out for a majorette team at my college. Did not get in perfectly fine running for Miss Freshman. (laughs) As soon as I get to the school, I will be campaigning for Miss Freshman. So hopefully I do get a new crown. But I love how I'm a go-getter and I go after what I want. Um, Even if it doesn't mean I'll get it the first time, I'm always willing to try again, which most definitely I will try again. But one thing I can take away from the whole experience of pageantry, from not getting National Miss Juneteenth and instead being their first runner-up, from not making the dance team, I always have something next. You never know what I'm going to do next. I'm always having stuff to do. I love being busy. I love doing stuff within the community, whether it's a community different than mine that I'm new to, which is going to be Prairie View in August, or a community that I'm well accustomed to, such as the city of Chandler. Um, But I love that I'm so ambitious and so passionate about what I do that if it doesn't work out the first time, I'm always willing to try again and do it the next time. And that's what I also want to leave the, um, the cohort with as well. Just because you didn't get it the first time does not mean that is your
1: end-all be-all. So what has Juneteenth taught you personally?
2: Juneteenth has taught me to love where I come from even more. African Americans are, yes, uplifted, but that's just not all. There's always a side that's going to be negative, and I think that even involving myself with the history of Juneteenth, whether I was a queen or not, just makes me so proud of where I come from. I love being African American. I love being Black, and I love our people so much. We have so many accomplishments other than the history of Juneteenth. Juneteenth is just one of them. I love the fact that no matter where you go, whether it's in a different country whether it's in a different state we're always willing to do our best and always go out for what we want we're so passionate about what we do and the most important part is that we love to see each other win we love to see each other win and i love to
1: see us win you're such a great representation For for Miss Juneteenth. I know Chandler is so proud of you, and we're cheering you on even after your reign is done, but you continue on to to college and law school and greater things. So, thank you so much for taking the time to come. I know you you are so busy with all all of your obligations, but I'm so grateful that you came and chatted with us today and really talked about your role as Miss Juneteenth and what drives you and the significance and the importance of the holiday. Um, It's been so great to work with you, and Chandler is so proud of you, and we just wish you the best things in the future thank
0: you thank you i want to say thank you to adriana for finding the time to sit down and conduct this interview and it goes without saying but thank you so much to chandrea for also taking the time she is booked and busy if you have been around city events i'm sure that you have seen her there juneteenth is coming up and there will be a new miss juneteenth she will be going away to college in texas so we won't be seeing much of her anymore but like she said chandler is her home away from home she loves this community and this community loves her too lastly thank you for tuning in this podcast is for you by you And thanks to you and our Chandler community. This podcast is brought to you by the City of Chandler. Make sure you check back next month for a new episode. And if you want to tap in with us on social media, you can find us on all of our City of Chandler platforms and also at voicesofchandler.com. Thank you again. And we'll see you next month.